Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie With Six, You Get Egg Roll from 1968. The studio was Cinema Center Films. Now, this was CBS TV's first produced feature film. This company lasted until 1972. The release date, August 7th, 1968, with a running time of 95 minutes, and it was rated G. Roger Ebert at the time gave it two and a half out of four stars. Here's his review. A lot of people think Doris Day movies are very simple, but I think they're very complex. Last year, everyone was talking about that scene and Antonini's blow-up. Remember where David Hemming shot the photo and you couldn't tell if there was a murder or not? Scenes of almost equal complexity are abound in With Six You Get Egg Roll. They're mostly concerned with Doris Day's virtue. Does she or doesn't she? One night, Brian Keith comes over and they sip champagne in front of the fire. Turn on the hi-fi, dance, cuddle, smile, fall in love. And then Doris Day opens her front door and Brian Keith walks out into the pouring rain, which has filled up his convertible. Doris Day lets Brian Keith stand there in the rain for a long time, but finally she walks out into the rain and takes his hand and there's a fade out. Did she invite him to come back into the house or didn't she? The next scene is ambiguous. It may or not have been the morning after. Well, I say it is, but Doris Day fans will say it isn't. A lot is at stake here. If my interpretation is correct, with Six You Get Egg Roll represents the first Doris Day movie in which she spends a night with a man who isn't her husband. Not counting the movie Where Were You When the Lights Went Out, in which she and the guy were drugged with sleeping pills. Otherwise, with Six You Get Egg Roll is a pleasant enough comedy. Some good moments, some dull ones. More or less routine. All of this was done before, better, in Yours, Mine, and Ours, a delightful comedy with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda. Egg Roll would probably seem funnier if it didn't suffer by comparison. Brian Keith is, if anything, better than Henry Fonda. He has a quiet, dry wit, but Lucille Ball is an incomparably better comedian than Doris Day. Lucy has more of a cutting edge, a more sharply defined personality. Doris tends to fade away in muted pastels and smiles. The problem with a movie like this is you can't honestly say it's bad. It's not great, but if you like Doris Day and pleasant family comedies with lots of kids and dogs, you could do worse. And that's the end of Ebert's review. And Ebert's summation is ultimately correct. This isn't an essential Doris Day film to see, but if you're a fan of her, you'll enjoy it, like I do. I believe the biggest intrigue about this film is that it's the last Doris Day film that she ever did. If it was buried in her filmography in the mid-60s, it almost certainly would have been forgotten. The other notable part about this film is that it's the debut for two very popular people in completely different genres. One being the greatest stand-up comedians of all time, and that's George Carlin, who does have some funny scenes as a dopey car hop at a drive-in diner. The other is more traditional Hollywood, and that's Barbara Hershey playing the teenage daughter of Brian Keith's character. As Ebert mentioned, Brian Keith is great in this film, as he was throughout his career. You might remember my past episode of the original Parrot Trap with Haley Mills and Maureen O'Hara, where he plays the father. Alright, let's get into the film. So it opens with the typical upbeat, cutesy opening credits. So synonymous with Doris Day comedies of the era. This time, the credits are made to look like a series of hand-drawn pictures by kids. We then go to the McClure Lumberyard, which is run by Abby McClure, that's Doris Day, a widow with three kids. 
Her oldest son, Flip, played by John Findlater, also works at the yard. Abby seems perfectly content with her life, but her sister, Maxine, played by Pat Carroll, keeps wanting to find her another husband. Watch it, Tiger. Spoil sports. Hey, listen, we got a problem. Oh, you gotta have a number. Well, the fellow I lined up to be your dinner partner tonight canceled out. Fine. So we gotta find you a man for tonight. No, we don't gotta find me a man for tonight, Maxine. It's a business dinner, and I could care less. I must know someone. Well, of course I know someone. I know a lot of people, but I'm really not interested. Maxine, when are you gonna stop trying to find me a husband? As soon as you give me some of that weather. Ow! <laughs> oh, come on, just because I'm dieting. You can have one cup of wheat tea. Oh? No sugar. Well, we're going to find you a man here. Look, Max, I love you dearly, and I appreciate your interest in my welfare, but will you cool it for tonight? I just don't happen to think that it's right you're being without, without a, a dinner, dinner partner. I don't need a dinner partner, Maxine. I don't need a man in my life. I'm doing just fine. I really am. Boy, I have a business to run. I have three beautiful kids to keep me company. What more do I want? I'm doing just fine. Will you relax? Yes, yes, yes. Will you cool it, please? I like it this way. Devoting her life to her family. Well, what's wrong with that? Baloney, that's what's wrong. Baloney? Listen, already your kids have a better deal than you do. At least they go to bed with a teddy bear at night. Well, either you'd get to the bedroom sooner or later, you little devil. <laughs> I turn on the electric blanket, okay? Well, I do better with a nudge. Oh, Max, I feel sorry for Harry. Oh, he does all right. Look, let's be realistic. Mm -hmm. Suppose I was interested. Can I tell you what's available? What? Confirm middle-aged bachelors and divorcees. Divorcees? I don't think you call a man who's been divorced. I don't know what you call them, but they're all after you know what. Ooh. Losers and factory rejects. Well, there's always Mr. Wright. What if Mr. Wright is out there? How do I compete with the 20-year-olds? Well, like they say, if you're number two, you have to try a little harder. <laughs> oh, is that what they say? Yeah. Yes, that's what they say. <laughs> Back to work. Evans William. That's William Evans, and he's a plumber. Oh. Will you get out of that index? That's private. You're not going to find anyone in there anyway, Nancy. Mm -hmm. Ingram. Electrician. Engels. Insurance. Iverson. Is that Jake Iverson? Jake Iverson. Well, what does he do? He's just a friend. Attractive? Yes, Max, very. Well, I... He's just someone Phil and I used to know, dear. Oh. oh. Flip, come to the office right away, please. Abby, it says here Jake and Evelyn. That's right. That's his wife. Or was. He's in the same boat I am. Flip! Office! A widower. Yeah, Mom? I'm just leaving. Already? Holy smoke, it's late. Honey, pass these out before you go, would you please? Okay. Thanks. Bye. See you, Lou. So long, Aunt Max. Goodbye, dear. Yeah? Mr. Iverson, just a moment, please. Mrs. McClure calling. Hello. Hello. Jake? 
Who'd you say it was? This is um, Abby McClure, Jake. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Fine, fine. Uh... And how's your uh, little girl? Lacey? Stacy. Stacy. It's close. She's fine. How's your... Uh... How's the your, boys. Uh... I, I have three boys. They're fine, thank you. He doesn't even know who I am. Just ask him. Uh, oh, Abby, uh, Phil's wife. That's right. It's been a long time. I, uh, I meant to call you after Phil. Uh... Oh, I understand. Will you just ask him? Uh, I'll tell you why I'm calling. It's uh, I'm having some people in tonight, you know, for a little dinner party, and I thought that um, uh, uh, if you weren't doing anything, that maybe you'd like to come. Dinner tonight? You can. You can. Uh, oh, you can. Well, that's good. It's four two, four eight, Myrtle Drive, and that's um, oh seven thirty ish. That sounds great. I'll see you then. Bye bye. Tell me you aren't bored seeing just one pair of shoes under your bed. Oh, Max, is that all you ever think about? Sex? Yes. <laughs> so Jake, that's Brian Keith, was happy to have the dinner invite from Abby as he was just starting to what would have been yet another frozen dinner as his nightly meal. However, it's not like Jake is hurting for potential female suitors, as his attractive next-door neighbor Cleo, played by Elaine Dervy, has made it clear she's available at any time for Jake. The problem is, she's married, and Jake isn't interested in the headache or other potential body aches. Abby arrives home and has help from her maid, Molly, played by Alice Ghostly. But her two preteen sons have made a mess of the living room. Molly, come on. Oh, well, I'm glad to see you. Boy, oh! I need help. Molly, is the house all straightened? I hate shrimp. Yeah, I know. Is the house all straightened? Yes. Good. Did the boys have their dinner? You know I'm not the type to complain, but on days like this, I get the feeling that I'm keeping three horses out of work. Where are they? The horses? The boys. Flip's in his room and the other two are in there. Where? In there. In the living room? Yes. Oh, Molly! In the living room? Where do you expect? There are no other rooms here except... What is going on in here? Oh, now you know we have company coming tonight, and look at this room. But you told me I could pay. That was two months ago when you had the mumps. I told you, Jason. Now, you're no better, Mitchell, but you should be. You're older. You just get off of this couch. I've been fat. And you get over here. Now, enough is enough. Now, you two just hop to it, and you get this place cleared up and right and stop laughing at me. And put your retainers in your mouth and leave them in there. I don't want to see them out of your mouth again, do you hear? I have had it. You. Cleo. Cleo. Yeah? Did I tell you to keep an eye what? on What? I said, didn't I tell you to keep an eye on I can't on hear you. If you turn that thing off, you might be able to hear what I am saying. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right. 
Did I ask you to keep an eye on Mitch and Jason? I'm until sorry, Mom, but I got to get ready. I got a date. So have I, dear. I have guests coming. Or did you have to? Yeah, but you don't that? have to shave, and that takes time, especially when you got a heavy beard like mine. To make matters worse, the large family dog decided that Abby's new wig she planned to wear for the party was a large gopher and ran around the house with it as a chew toy. Why Abby wanted to wear a wig is beyond me since her natural hair looks great, but maybe that was just of the time. Also, her two youngest boys, Jason and Mitchell, decided to play around in the bathtub and make a mess, which leads Abby to be running late with cold cream still on her face. And then her sister and brother-in-law, Herb, arrives with Jake. Now, Abby plays it off fairly well, but she's a bit frazzled, as you might imagine. Then the guests arrive at the party, and the party becomes a matchmaking event. Nice party, Abby. (laughs) Say hello to Mr. Iverson, boys. This is Jason and Mitchell. Hi, fellas. Hello. Hello. Well, you've met everybody here. Now it's time to go to bed. You can marry Mommy. <laughs> no, he isn't, dear. Come on. Boy, Aunt Maxie is sure gonna be disappointed. <laughs> so you're a chemical engineer. Yes, that's right. Where do you do your engineering? Pacific refineries, mostly. I just happen to know somebody you should meet. (laughs) My cousin Dora. She just hasn't been able to find a man her intellectual equal. Have you tried the yellow pages? Single guys, you've got it made. Airline stewardesses. Nurses. (laughs) So you're average flower, huh? You're getting a great girl. Do you know what the worst thing that ever happened to mankind is? The pill. Helps me sleep nights, though. <laughs> I declare everything is just delicious. That Abby is a wonder. You know, I just can't understand why some man hasn't just grabbed her up by now. <laughs> you know, any man would be lucky to have her for his wife. And I know that there is nothing more in this world that she would desire than to have a loving husband all her own, to love her any night, give a big hug, keep her cozy, I tell you, if this wasn't my house, I'd go home. Oh, Callie, nice oh, Callie, go stop it. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's all right. Uh, here, use this. Oh, thank you. I fixed your drink. Oh, no, thanks. I, I've got to go. Uh, i better get going. I just got my, just got my coat. Oh. Well, I'm sorry you have to leave so early. Well, so am I, but I, uh, I've got these f- customers coming in on the 11th clean them. Oh. I've always macro, and I promised them I'd be there. Oh, I understand. Sure. Well... We'll have to get together sometime. That would be fun. Okay. Well, good night, Abby. Good night, Jay. Thanks what? again for inviting me. You're welcome. You have my name. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Good night. Bye. Jake couldn't get out of there fast enough. I don't think he was upset with Abby, but the people around him were obnoxious, and Abby looked like she had a migraine headache the entire time. 
However, that night, Abby and Jake run into each other at the grocery store, though Jake initially tries to act like he doesn't see her, since he was caught in a lie with his excuse for leaving the party. You have 48 seconds to get to the airport. You know what happened? It was, I was um, I was just getting ready to leave the house. I was just going out the door and the phone rang and it was the people that I was going to pick up at the airport, you know, on the 11th, I told you. And uh, they called from Akron. They canceled because of... Uh, well, anyway, uh, I could have stayed longer, you know. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> you didn't miss a thing, believe me. Night, Jake. Night. Yeah. Thank you. I really am sorry. You're sorry you got caught. <laughs> well, it wasn't very nice of me to go running out like that. No, it wasn't nice, but it was smart. Okay, will you quit? Making it easy for me. Just let me apologize, huh? Okay. Okay, I'm sorry and I apologize. I accept. Hey, you want to get some coffee? Where? Well, it's a drive-in. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I'll meet you there. All right. Abby arrives at the drive-in first. Now keep in mind, it's not a movie drive-in, but a food drive-in that was so commonplace back in the 50s and 60s. Her car hop is named Herbie, played by none other than the great comedian George Carlin, again in his film debut. Hi, sweetie. Hi, Herbie. Well, we're just about to close, but for you, tell me what it is you like, and I'll see to it personally. Order anything you want, and I'll charge you for a donut. Hey, what do you think you're doing, buddy? This ain't that kind of chick. This is class. Get back in your own machine. Oh, let him stay, Herbie. He's kind of nice. Well, I hope you know what you're doing. But from here on, it's full price for everything. Well, we have some coffee. Big spender. Not even a donut? No, I want her to love me for myself, not the things I can give her. You blew it. You could have had steak. Huh. You're not sore, huh? No, I'm not. Pretty lousy story about the airport, though. You would have gotten away with it if I hadn't needed bread. How long's it been anyway? About six years? Seven? Yeah. I think about seven. Two coffees, one with cream. Mine's sure cream. you don't want separate checks? How about a receipt for income tax purposes? No, it's okay. Thank you. Mm, that's good. Well? Nothing. I'm just trying to picture you running that lumber yard. Well, I'm a whiz on a bandsaw, yeah. if that interests you. <laughs> you run a home, too, and take care of all those kids and everything? Now, that's difficult. No. Oh. You ever find any time for yourself? I manage. I have a housekeeper, Mrs. Benson, by name. Oh, yeah, I met her. And, um, it all works. Well, I think she's trying to tell us something. It's two o'clock. Closing time. Hey, listen. Now, don't tell me you were going to apologize again. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh, you weren't? <laughs> Good night. <gasps> Good night, Jake. Thank you. Who, who is it, Jake? Oh, hi. Hi. Well, I couldn't let you carry that heavy bag all by yourself. 
like you. It's nothing. Well, a while ago I couldn't wait to get out of here. Now you can't get rid of me, huh? <laughs> Listen, I want to see you again, okay? Do you? Okay. I'm available. All right. Tomorrow night too soon? No. I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we'll go get some spaghetti or something. I'll pick you up about seven. Seven. Seven thirty. Six thirty. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jake had to cancel their date as it's his daughter's birthday. Abby ends up going to a nightclub with Maxine and Herb. It's an amusing scene for modern audiences as we get to see the late 60s fashion and the music going on, though it's a far more tamer version, nothing like Woodstock or anything like that. Well, as it turns out, Jake is at the same nightclub with a woman and is seen by Abby, Maxine, and Herb. Abby isn't super upset, but you can tell she's a bit disappointed. The next day, Jake tries calling Abby multiple times at her home and her work, but she blows off all the messages, assuming that she's just another woman in the harem that he already dates. That night, Jake does get a hold of her on the phone. San Francisco Bay Area will show signs of precipitation in the AM, followed by clearing and somewhat clearer skies. Hello? Hey, you're awful hard to get a hold of. What are you doing, running from the law? Hello, Jake. Listen, Flip did tell you about why I couldn't make it last night, didn't he? Yeah, he said that uh, it was some kind of a birthday or something. It's okay. Yeah, I forgot all about it. Hey, you want to have lunch tomorrow? I don't know, Jake. It's, you know, it's, uh, I'm so busy at the yard right now. Yeah, well, uh, how about some evening then? Friday okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't think so, Jake. It's um, pretty hectic. This a brush off? Well, I guess you got your reasons. No, whatever it is, I'm supposed to be your dad, Dan. Okay. Bye, Abby. Bye, Jay. The next day is Flip's high school graduation, and Abby sees a young woman that looks very familiar. Come on. There's a girl standing out there. Um, she's sort of facing us. And uh, she has very long brown hair hanging kind of in front with bangs. Who is she? That's Stacy Iverson. Made it, huh? Well, not quite. <laughs> they haven't given me my diploma yet. Well, you better go get it before they get wise to you. Attention, attention, please. Yep, that woman that Abby saw with Jake at the nightclub was Jake's daughter Stacy, played by Barbara Hershey, again in her film debut. Abby is now embarrassed for her mistake and thinks that she's blown her chance with Jake. However, she gets a nice surprise at her doorstep that night. Listen, I don't know what happened with us, but I think we ought to talk it over, okay? I brought this uh, stuff along. We could talk it over, over. 
Come in. How are the kids? Fine. They're away for the weekend. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Gee, if I'd known it was going to be this easy, I'd have bought the domestic stuff. <laughs> I'll get the glasses. No, yeah, I got glasses. I got glasses. Oh. There. Thought of everything, huh? Of course. Hey, no. Calico. How are you? Now, you're supposed to eat caviar with this stuff, but I like popcorn better. You like popcorn? Oh, I love it. You like so it too? He. Okay. <laughs> now then. Champagne Charlie. Last of the big spenders. Hey, you ever gonna tell me why you're so mad at me? Nope. Uh, oh! I... Oh! <laughs> I had to let you in. The couple has a wonderful evening talking and dozing off. Jake goes to leave for the night, but it starts raining heavily, and he had left the top down on his car. He stays the night at Abby's house, which leads to Abby and Jake dating exclusively. Abby and Jake go to dinner with Stacy, but Stacy's very cold to Abby and wants her to go home as quickly as possible after dinner. Oh, it feels good in here, huh? Mm-hmm. It's cold out. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll get the coffee on in just a minute and just sit there and take it easy. Oh, my goodness. It was so good, wasn't it? I ate too much. Um, what are you reading? Teen Scoop. Gossip, huh? Oh, I like that picture of you, Stacy. That's darling. How old are you here? Three. It's darling. Pretty frame. Uh-huh. Daddy gave it to Mother for their anniversary. Do you know? Uh, no, but I, I would think it's kind of late. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh dear. Um, Jake, huh? I don't think I'll stay and have coffee. Why not? What's the matter? Oh. Uh, it's, uh, I have such a day tomorrow. Well, it's still early. And, uh, well, coffee. Night, Stacy. Uh, I'll see you soon, honey. Good night, Mrs. McClure. Here, I'll take you up. That's okay, Jake. I can manage. Huh? Thank you. Good night. You sure? Mm-hmm. Good night. How about some of that coffee? Okay. Oh, hey, I haven't got any cigarettes. I'll just go down the corner and get some. I'll turn that off in about five minutes. I'll be right back, honey. Back again, huh, sweetie? Hi, Herbie. Herbie Flex, too good a thing to pass up. I figured you'd come around to your senses. Two coffees, please. <laughs> two coffees. I should have guessed Diamond Jim would be here. Diamond Jim, two coffees. Cigarettes? Yeah, yeah, I'm buying a lot of cigarettes this, lately. This is ridiculous. Hey, I'm sorry about that, kid. I think we'll just leave her home next time. Oh, Jake, we just have to give her time, that's all. She'll get used to me, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe. Yeah. hope. I did. <laughs> did you? Yeah, you're pretty nice. <laughs> Well, song, pal. Good night. It's been very nice, Mr. Ives. And grand. Not to be outdone, when Jake spends time at Abby's house, Flip gives Jake the same frosty reception as Stacy did with Abby. 
The two younger boys seem to like Jake just fine. It's going to be a challenge to get Stacy and Flip on board with Abby and Jake being a couple. Of course, they always end up at the drive-in. Don't tell me. I know. Two cups of coffee, right? Right. Dame's got to be a masochist. All right. All right. This has got to be the craziest courtship in history. Well, I'm sick of this drive-in, I'll tell you that. Mm. I'm getting kind of sick of Herbie, what's his name? Fleck. Fleck! <laughs> hey, listen, you want to go for a ride someplace? I always want to go for a ride someplace. what time it is what? it's after 11 o'clock you're kidding is it really oh. you said you'd be right back oh, i know i did but it was such a pretty night that i i took a drive you better get to bed it's late well you could have called well i didn't think that you would be up i knew i'd be worried you being out in the car and all honey i didn't think that you would be sitting up here you waiting. know what i was getting ready to do i was getting ready to call the hospital will you please keep your voice down you'll wake the boys now i want you to calm down too i'm sorry if i upset you but I just didn't think it was necessary to call. Now, let's not make a big case out of nothing. Okay? Okay. Okay. Night, honey. Mom. What? Where's the pumpernickel? Let's shape up, huh, Mom? Oh, honey. Hi, Mr. Iverson. Oh, hi, Janie. I didn't know you were here. Oh, Janie's spending the night. Oh, that's good. Uh, have a good time at Mrs. McClure's? Yeah, very nice. Kind of late, though, huh? Well, I guess it is. Gee, I'll go to bed then. Good night. Good night, Mr. Iverson. with Mrs. McClure. Do you mean, am I getting serious about her? Is that what you mean? You're talking like a child. I asked you if you're having an affair. I heard what you asked me. What the hell kind of question is that, anyhow? Dad, I'm not a baby anymore. I understand sex. I've known about it for years. What do you mean you've known about it for years? No, Daddy, I said I understand it. I didn't say I... Hmm. Right. Are you having an affair? Oh, sure, you be quiet. Janie's out there. What's the matter with you? Well? Well what? Don't you think you're a little old to be carrying on like this? Oh. You could get in trouble, you know. Hello? Hi. Hi. How's it over at your house? Very hostile. A little indignant around here. You know, I forgot the pumpernickel. Yeah. Why didn't you remind me? Because I forgot. Oh, I miss you. Yeah. Hey, how old are you, anyway? Why? 
Well, never mind. I just know I'm too old for any more of this fooling around. You know what I well, mean? Well, so am I. And it's the last you time I'm going to meet you in that drive-in. In. This is really ridiculous, making up excuses dark. about pumpernickel and cigarettes yeah, and stuff right. and coming home and getting a sex lecture from a 17-year-old kid. And I'm fed up with the whole shot. Well, so am I. Shut up. I love you. You love me, right? I love you, right. Okay. And just like that, we cut to a montage of Abby and Jake getting married in a quickie marriage. Well, the next morning, chaos ensues. There's a man in mommy's bed! There's a man in mommy's bed! do this? I didn't. She did. It's my day off, you know. Of course, if I'd have known this was going to be your wedding day, I could have rearranged everything, but my plans are made. I'm oh, that's okay, sorry. Molly. That's all right. I'm oh, well, ready. thank you. Yeah. And congratulations thank again. You. Oh, it's so romantic. I mean, eloping to Las Vegas and all that. Oh, I bet you were a beautiful bride. <laughs> oh, dear. I guess I'd better go before I get sloppy. Have a nice day, Molly. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you for fixing the table so pretty. That's all right. Breakfast and everything. What can I help? What can I do for you? Nothing. I've done everything. Stace. Honey, I know how you feel. Really, I do. And I know how the boys feel. But you know something? Oh, I love your father very much. Please let me do that. No, it's okay. okay. I know how Daddy likes it. Good eggs, lady. How'd you know that's the way I like them? Well, Stacy made them. She did everything. Oh, well, I always said you're pretty good cook. Morning. Hi, Fred. Morning, Mr. Iverson. Hey, isn't it about time you start calling me Jake? I sit over here. Oh, this your chair? Oh, that's all right. No, we'll go on. Sit down. No, 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 that's all right. Here. Huh? No. He doesn't mind. Okay. Oh, boy, that's good. Mr. Iverson, you my daddy now. Yep. Think you're gonna like that? I don't know yet. <laughs> hey, listen. I think today calls for some kind of celebration, don't you? Now, what do you say we stay home from work and then we can all spend the day together somehow? Let's do, huh? Yay! Oh, boy, one big happy family, yay! Yay! So, like one big happy family, it's off to the amusement park. Jason and Mitchell have a great time, while Flip and Stacy are less than enthused, as both are not happy being replaced by a new partner. In a funny scene with the bumper cars, Flip and Stacy do their best to ram the new parents as hard as they can. For dinner that night, we learn the meaning behind the title of the movie. Daddy! Boy, am I glad you two got married. You are? Mm-hmm. 
Because with six, you get egg raw. Are we going to be going home soon, Dad? Oh, yeah, we were just talking about that, honey. You know, our house is pretty small, and I think, uh, seeing as how there's six of us now, we'd be a lot better off over at Abby's place. Wait, we're going to be living at her house? Oh, boy. Well, you can say that again. Oh, boy. What's the matter with that? Nothing's the matter with that. Only one tiny little thing, like there's no room for me. That's all. Say that again. Well, honey, wait a minute. This is just temporary, you know. We can fix up a couch or something for tonight. Oh, great. Yeah. Excuse me, please. Oh, Jack. She's absolutely right. She shouldn't have to give up her bedroom. What do you got in mind? Well, why don't we all go to your house? Honey, there's only two bedrooms in my house. Now, that wouldn't be fair to the boys, would it? Where are they going to sleep on the floor? You don't have to worry about the boys. They adjust. Ha, famous last words. No surprise, it's a disaster at Jake's smaller place. All right, there's about 30 minutes left and plenty of things to straighten out, including where are they going to live and if Flip and Stacy will ever warm up to their new parents. Now keep in mind, this is a fun family comedy, so the ultimate outcome won't be a surprise, but it's a fun ride nonetheless, and the chemistry between Doris Day and Brian Keith is terrific. Also, seeing a very young Barbara Hershey and George Carlin will be amusing for movie fans, along with a cameo at the end from Jamie Farr playing a hippie. Now, Ebert mentioned Yours, Mine, and Ours with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, and a year later, another blended family premise became a major hit on television. You might have heard of it, The Brady Bunch. All right, some fun facts. So even though nobody knew at the time this would be Doris Day's last film, box office-wise, with Six You Get Egg Roll was one of the top-grossing films of her three-decade career. And keep in mind, even though she never made another film, she did have a long-running TV show after this film. So the final scenes of this film featured Doris Day, teary-eyed, wearing a house coat and slippers. When her husband of 17 years, Martin Melcher, died suddenly just after production was completed, gossip magazines at the time used stills of Doris Day from this movie, looking distraught and out of sorts. And they did this to accompany their articles about Melcher's death. All right, we have a special guest, and that is Lindsay, who has never seen this film before. Most people probably haven't that are our age. So let's get a fresh take of this film from her, and then I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Lindsay. Welcome back. Hey, Brian. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me again. Okay, so we, I always give you options, and so this was the second movie out of how many I gave to you that uh, you chose, and you wanted to see Doris Day, and we saw with Six You Get Egg Roll, which is her final performance as an actress, movie actress. Uh, she did still have the Doris Day show, but film-wise, this was her last film. Uh, I think you picked this one because you liked the Brady Bunch premise of this, and actually, this probably led up to what eventually became the Brady Bunch. This and... Uh, Yours, ours, or something. There was Yours, a, mine, and ours. You know it. There you go. We'll watch that at some point. Anyway, so uh, did the film live up to your expectations as a fun family comedy? Yeah, I mean, it's campy, but I thought it was fun. I This one is so cool because that late 1960s look, I think this was 1968, mm-hmm. it's in color. It looks every bit of fabulous 60s-ness before we lost the part of the 60s that wasn't straight-up hippie stuff but was more kind of like traditional 60s, like what I picture my mom kind of enjoyed when she was a late teen. Um, And I love that time period. I feel like my grandparents' house in particular had 
kind of shellacked itself around 1963, 4, 5, somewhere in there. And I loved that place. It was one of my happy places growing up. Absolutely adored it. And so much of what the um, primary household, so Doris Day's household, um, kind of reflected reminds me so much of that. I just, I loved the look of the sets. I loved what California looked like at that time. I did not um, grow up in California. I'm an East Coaster, so it was really cool to see what California looked like back then. I liked the fashion. I just kind of liked some of the slapsticky ridiculousness of it. And um, it, it just felt kind of warm and fun, even if it was kind of insane and like silly. I mean, you can't expect this to not be silly right like you've got to go in knowing that but if you go in knowing that and appreciating what it could be i really enjoyed this one well you mentioned the hippies so they do kind of not make light of it but they they bring them in but in a a very campy sort of way it's not meant to be serious it's it's the um what you would expect like a uh sitcom take of um hippies back then so how did you feel i mean it's mostly towards the end but there were some scenes like in the beginning when she's at the the nightclub where you kind of have that 60s era vibe well the dancing, dancing is yeah. funny and some of the the go-go boots are kind of funny but but it, it doesn't remind me of you it's know woodstock yeah it doesn't feel like that at all it's still got the vibe of what it was about the 1960s that I, in my head, and from, you know, memories of of seeing things from childhood or being kind of enveloped in, like, my grandparents' like, stuck version of that era, right? It still reminded me of the warmest version possible of, of what it was like back then. So I really appreciate it. I, I love so many of, of Doris Day's fashions. I thought it was hilarious when... You know, her sister's really kind of a funny lady. Yeah. And there's times where, you know, her sister is encouraging her, oh, no, you're having this dinner party. Like, you can't wear this white suit. You need to wear this, like, sexy red dress. You need to wear... And, I mean, I admit, I love the red dress, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God. That's like that's like being covered from, like, neck to ankle. But yet they considered that, like, a sexy dress that was like, ooh, that's the scandalous one to wear to the dinner party. I'm like oh my God, the only skin I see is on her face and her feet. But yet, I don't know, it was kind of charming in that way. And yet I loved the fashion. She had a lot of really great date night outfits she was was wearing when she was kind of dating her um, her new man-to-be, right? Like how he came into her life and um, she was just sort of running her business before that, but now all of a sudden she's going out and dressing up, and I'm like, I love the outfits, but they're not, like, revealing in any way. I think you like Doris Day and a lot of the actresses. She was very well put together in every scene, even though she was a, a mom, and you were trying to figure out how old was she, and uh, we figured out she was about 46 or 47 at the time, so, um, yeah. Kind of shocking, though, because when I think of how old I am and I look You're that at age. her, I'm like, yeah. oh my god. But you don't like, have kids. No, I don't. And she had three and a big dog, and <laughs> oof, must have taken its toll because it's it. Well, she it looked loved like a lot of her, work. She loved animals in real life, Doris Day. So that's probably why you saw animals a lot in her films. So there was two people in particular that I think you got a kick out of that I cooed you in on before we watched. One was Barbara Hershey in one of her very early roles. Um, so you get to see her because you probably only remember her in Beaches and. Oh yeah, I only one. knew her as an adult. Right. And then the other for me is George Carlin. Before he really hit it big as a um, comedian, didn't have a beard or anything, and you pretty much mentioned if you didn't tell me if I didn't tell you it was George Carlin, you wouldn't have known. Oh no, I wouldn't have known. I mean, it 
if you know and you listen to him, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I can kind of see that. But he's so far from kind of the more foul-mouthed, oh, you know, yeah. uh, dry-ish comedian that you know him to be that, um, you know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked up on that had you not um, explicitly told me. But knowing that and then hearing him, you're like, oh, yeah, I can I can totally hear it. I can I can totally see it. And he was great, too. I mean, they added little... He had the funniest lines, I would yeah, say. Yeah, they added little things to this that were appreciated. I mean, Barbara Hershey, I can't say she added much from an acting perspective. She no. just kind of was like, you know what you expect, you're normal. Well, she wasn't famous yet. bratty girl yeah. to be who's upset that her dad is now dating somebody else after her mom passed away. It's totally understandable. And back in the 60s, it was a different story. I mean, that's some of the ways we live now and combined families is it's so much more common now than it might have been then. Um, we even saw it happen um, in a 1940s film oh, that yeah. we watched not that long ago. So, I mean, it was happening. Mm-hmm. It was just less common. Um, I particularly loved the sister. I thought that she mm-hmm. was pretty funny. And I really liked the housekeeper. I thought oh, yeah. that Doris Day's house, she at least acknowledged while running, I guess, the lumber business that probably used to belong to her husband before he passed away. Um, and then being a mom to three sons, which sounds like, I don't know, the worst thing I could imagine, and this big lovely dog and running this household, she did admit at one point, like, I need help, mm-hmm. so I need kind of like a a housekeeper to, to, to help me keep, keep things running, and she was funny. Yeah, because, I mean, Barbara Hershey's character basically took care of herself at that point, so yeah. Jake didn't have to do as much as Abby did. Right. Yeah, she was an adult, and he only had one daughter. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, we both made choices not to have children. So you looking at this just kind of affirms what we always talk about. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's a, now granted, I know it wouldn't look like this in real life, but there's a scene where her two youngest children are, are in the bathroom, oh, yeah. in, the, in the bathtub and um, like using paint to paint on the subway tile and it's yellow, and then they drop the paint in the tub, and then the entire tub turns yellow, and then the boys are now yellow coming out of the tub, and she's got on, like, you know, her cold cream, and she's got on her white, like, you know, dressing gown before she gets ready, and then she's trying to clean them up, and she's turning yellow, and the gown's turning yellow, and the guy's you know, are jumping out of the tub and getting yellow everywhere, and then the dog's coming in, and I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is literally my worst nightmare of, like, mess, which I can't handle, and also... Like, I can absolutely see something like this going down, and there'd just be no way I could man do something like that. So it, it as fun as the film was, it uh, really affirmed my life choices as, uh, <laughs> as ones that I'm going to stick with. So you would enjoy seeing this movie over and over again because it is lighthearted. It's, not, it's something you could put on at any time, and you could just basically watch it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those, I don't think you have to pay attention too hard no. to what's going on to be able to enjoy it. Um, how did you like the Brian Keith character? Because I know you like Doris Day, but how did you I like really him? like Doris Day, and I always have. Yeah, I mean, I liked him. I think there's they they struggled in their dating uh-huh. because it was like they struggled to get on the same page about a few things. That's very typical uh-huh. and very normal that two people trying to blend their lives together are not always like right on the level, and they're they're struggling to figure that out. Surprisingly, I kind of feel like. You know, if you if you think about it in earnest, this film did a good job kind of demonstrating how that could happen. Yeah. There's a scene where uh, Doris Day's character, Abby, uh, misunderstands something she sees. Um, oh, yeah. Jake, uh, who's played by Brian Keith, was canceling a date on her that was planned because he said he had to 
uh, take his daughter out for her birthday. Right. Um, Abby, who didn't really know much about his daughter, ends up going to this fun little nightclub with her sister and her sister's husband. And they're talking about, oh, it's a shame, you know, Jake couldn't join us. Abby looks out in the crowd and then she sees Jake with some young, young hot thing yeah. Yeah. on the dance floor and automatically assumes she canceled, you know, she was canceled on mm-hmm. because he was going out with a younger woman. Uh, and it was truly his daughter who she disturbed, you know, she discovers that it is graduation. actually his daughter at her son's graduation who's the same age as the Barbara Hershey character. So it's like, that happens, crazy stuff like that happens in real life sure. all the time while people are trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked how they, they had a lot of near misses. Right, and they didn't go overboard with it either, right? She didn't make a scene at the... She basically acted how you probably would in normal life. Yeah, she wasn't, like, throwing drinks on people and pitching a fit and going up to him and, like, slapping the girl. It wasn't a reality show. No, no, it was more like, well, how could I blame him? Or, you know, just weird kind of sad acceptance, I guess. But, But she was wrong, right? So it was an interesting take on how a lot of times men and women at any age at any stage uh, of the world are trying to figure it out and it's not easy uh, what are your some of your favorite doris day movies because obviously you, you've never seen this before no i'd never so seen this before, before this i mean I'm, I'm assuming the rock hudson ones yeah and i'm trying to remember you know this is sad because my my recall of names is not as good as yours there are absolutely moments that I know that I've seen Doris Day in in film and on television, and I know she has a pretty impressive <laughs> list. Um, but I'm trying to think of some of the ones that that I've seen of hers. Um, you've actually just shown me a list. So well, I Pillow don't Talk forget. might be the famous Pillow Talk. I do remember that one. I remember, and that's from the late '50s. It's just about. Um, that started off the trilogy with uh, Rock Hudson. I love Teacher's Pet, where um, that's with Clark Gable. See, I don't think that I saw that one. You probably know from like Pajama Game on. Yeah, it's probably the late fifties. Or sorry, Pillow Talk on. Yeah, Pillow Talk on. I would say. Please don't eat the daisies. That's another. Please don't eat the daisies. That's the one I know. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Please don't eat the daisies. I've absolutely seen that one. I really liked that one. I completely remember with David that. Nevin. See, this is the thing. I'm so bad with the names, but then, you know, when I'm, they're right in front of me, I am more familiar. Will Ever Come Back, that's another one. Yeah. I think. And Send Me No Flowers is a... But then, like, The Thrill of It All is great. That's with James Garner. See, I don't know if I've seen that one. I for like, sure... Touch of Minx, great with Cary Grant. Pillow Talk, yes. And then, what was the other one that you just mentioned? Love her come back. Uh, Please don't eat the daisies. Those are the two that I remember her with for sure. She just reminded me of like the every. Well, she might have been the most famous actress in the sixties. She reminded me of the everyone wanted to have this gal as a mom, kind of mom. She was she was cute. She was witty and funny. She knew how to like move things along like she wasn't one of these sad sack people she wasn't mad she was she wasn't one of those overly flirtatious like creepy like milf type moms she just i don't know she played like that perfect mom that everybody would have wanted well she was also her own woman in the 60s which actually it kind of went from the late 50s into the 60s so you want to go with the women's movement and and feminism and how that kind of went into the late 60s she kind of started it in many ways in a lot of her roles but she wasn't overt with it. She wasn't militant about it. No, she was very, I don't know, she played everything really cool. She just felt yeah, exactly. like a really cool person. down-to-earth, 
woman that like if you saw her in a film you might want to have dinner next to her or something she'd mm-hmm. be really pleasant she'd probably have some fun or funny stories you'd enjoy your time and enjoy you know and yeah and you'd think of her often like oh remember that lady she was so cool mm-hmm. she just sort of had that effortlessness to her that i liked and i do remember now yeah please don't eat the daisies would probably be my most favorite one of hers that i've seen prior to this okay all right, we'll wrap it up. So with the uh, the blending of the families, what were the funniest scenes that you liked? Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think. I mean, there is a really funny one where they're all staying at his house for the first time. Which is smaller. Which is much smaller because, again, it's him and an, an adult, essentially, teenage daughter. Um, and they have a tiny little white dog who is adorable. Not the not the big like Shetlandy type sheep dog that uh, the Doris cool Day dog, has, too. which is a cool dog, but big. Um, it needed its own bed, and it's just funny to see where they kind of put the kids and how they had to sleep, and like it was just sort of felt like a terrible like in indoor camping moment and like nobody was happy and everyone was a little bit irritated and they're like why are we doing this why are we here and I, if i were them like i'd be thinking the same thing like why am i just not at my house right now like it's so much more comfortable and easier and better why just for the sake of we need to be under the same roof are you doing this and i kind of felt like the kids would feel if someone asked me to do that now i wouldn't be happy <laughs> All right, so this was a winner. I think so. And you I'm, should go back and watch all the Doris Day movies now. I, I think I will. I, I just enjoy her, um, just her essence. Like, I, I, I think she she feels happy and lighthearted in the world now that just seems a bit heavy. I think that's a good way to put it. So thank you, as always, Lindsay. Thanks great for th- having me. Great thoughts. Enjoyed this film, everyone. Check it out. Dogs, not kids. Yes. Yes, we agree. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. 